Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with the Daily VRA Investing Podcast. You know, we always appreciate you joining us here. We appreciate your feedback, and uh, we really do like doing these podcasts. I had no interest in this at all three years ago, about when we started. This was my son's idea. It was Tyler's idea all the way. And now i got to tell you, we really look forward to doing it. It's become a lot of fun. It's given an opportunity to really connect with a lot of you, even, even frankly, a lot of folks that, that aren't even members of the VRA. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of folks aren't even investors. But it's, uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. Podcasts, of course, have gotten hugely popular. And again, we just thank you all for being here. Keep your feedback coming. Uh, we always enjoy it. We like the, uh, the, 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 the uh, repartee, uh, even if you don't like what we have to say. And we've got a lot of folks here that don't like the political side of this conversation at all. Not that they're Republican or Democrat or independent. They just want to stick to the markets, and, and I understand that. But that's just not how we do things here. I'm going to tell you something. We, uh, I, uh, I, there's a close connection between the markets and politics and it does make sense to pay attention to what's going on. Certainly made sense last year during uh, coronavirus insanity, and uh, you know to make sense of what we're watching, you know the, the the craziness of what was happening. And I just want to make one quick point today about this, because Dr. Anthony Fauci, Fauci's a fraud, as we have called him for a long time. Dr. Anthony Fauci, it just continues to amaze uh, this guy. Changes his mind every day. Look, when you're before Congress and you're giving testimony, you are under oath. How is it possible that let's just let's give you a short-term example? Less than a month ago, Fauci was speaking to Congress under oath, and uh, Senator Rand Paul, and you may remember he they got into a, a heated back and forth about coronavirus and the origins of it, and uh, this has been going on for long. He was. There was no way, there was just no way that the NIH, which of course he runs or at least has a significant control over, there was just no way that the National Institute of Health funded anything that the Wuhan virus. There's just no way that any leak, that if it did come from the Wuhan virus, had anything to do with U.S. funding. Did you see him today? Did you see him yesterday? He's completely changed his tune. He's opened the door to the possibilities of both funding and of the virus leak, the bioweapon really is what it is, folks, leaking from the Wuhan lab. Wow. You know, honestly, you and I do this. There is no trial. They lock us up. The key is thrown away. We are Nazis. We are Hitler, right? Uh, this system, two systems of justice, and it's not even two. I don't even know how to separate anymore, but it really is nauseating. Our founding fathers... Well, they wouldn't believe they were in the country they founded. That, that's how pathetic our system is now. Uh, when, uh, when you are just a lying liar, you know what? You need to be purged, purged, certainly from leadership, purged from anything to do with, uh, with Congress or being in a position of authority, and frankly, purged from society. That's where this guy's going, but there's a whole laundry list of these people and, you know, here's the reality of it, and this is the sad reality. We all know that nothing's going to happen, right? He'll, he'll keep his job. He's the highest paid government employee there is, and nothing's going to happen. But we're going to keep paying attention. We're going to keep calling it out because that is what responsible, ethical uh, people do to take pride in being part of a society that operates based on at least some set of rules 
that should be in place, right? Okay, Marcus today. I got to tell you, and we wrote this this morning. This feels to me and Tyler, uh, Tyler covered this yesterday, about a, it feels like a Goldilocks market. Maybe, the, maybe one of the most Goldilocks feeling markets that I can remember um, where it almost doesn't matter what happens now. This market's going higher. This market's going higher. Interest rates clearly aren't going to go any higher. They're just not. Again, hate to be a broken record here, but uh, it's been the case. Three years ago, we said rates when rates were 3.2% on the 10-year, I said rates were going to plummet, and they did. When I first said rates were going sub 1%, I got laughed out of the room. And, of course, that's what happened, okay? Rates are now, one, the 10 years now at 1.57%. It's just not going to go much higher. Uh, and, and frankly, it doesn't matter if it does. What, what if rates go to 2%? What if they go to 2.5%? Uh, in what world does that matter? It doesn't matter at all. Uh, because, again, our best bull market ever, 95 to 2000, the 10 year average better than 5%, right? It's 1.57% today. But again, it's gravity. There's just so much competition for money, there's so much liquidity out there. Even when the Fed, and this may be the first time you've heard this, but remember you heard it here first. Even when the Fed begins to start tapering their $120 billion every month in quantitative easing, because that's what's still going on right now, and almost nobody talks about that. The Fed's buying $120 billion a month, right? Well over a trillion dollars a year still, uh, even with this economy being this strong. I have no idea why they're still doing this, by the way, but they are. But the theory had been, but wait till they start tapering, because watch yields explode higher. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to happen, and here's why. Because we still have negative rates in Japan. We still have negative rates throughout, throughout, throughout Europe, specifically Germany. That's gravity, okay? Uh, that's going to keep our rates low, unless their rates start to really spike. I don't see that happening either. But here's what's going to happen. When, when the Fed does start tapering, rates will keep going lower, and then... The, uh, the, the folks today, the PhD economists of today that are saying rates are going to spike higher, they'll change their tune and they'll go, well, of course rates are going lower because the Fed has stopped quantitative easing. So the economy is going to slow without all that stimulus. And that will be their excuse at that time for rates going lower. Look, if I'm wrong, I'll be the first to admit it. But we've been right. We think we're going to continue to be right. And the reason it matters is Low rates act as a huge wind at the sails of corporate earnings and really all of it. Unless you're a retiree, and uh, this, these are the folks who have really been damaged the most, retirees that can't make any money on conservative investments. Everyone's being forced into equities, and of course that's why they did it, right? There is no alternative, Tina. That's exactly why they've done it. They want to force people into risk assets, and boy have they ever done that. Where would... Our markets be, equity markets, where would they be today had not all these trillions of dollars in liquidity that have instead, instead of going to stocks, instead have gone into cryptocurrencies, uh, surging all these global IPOs, uh, non-fungible tokens, uh, NFTs, and certainly these SPACs. You know, we're talking about not trillion, multiple trillions of dollars have gone into crypto, SPACs, NFTs, IPOs. IPOs, you understand, that's, that's traditional, but uh, not, not cryptos, SPACs, and NFTs. Right? These are all new assets, uh, essentially. 
if those hadn't been around, folks, where would the market be today? The Dow Jones closed today at 34,323. Would the Dow Jones be at 50,000 today? Yeah. Yeah, it probably would. It's headed there anyway. This is the excess liquidity that we have, a mountain of liquidity. And again, that's another reason rates can't go up because so much of this liquidity is being held in safe investments, right? Continues to pound as these per- people are buying bonds. It's, it's really nothing more than a supply and demand equation acting as gravity for, uh, for, for, for interest rates. Um, and it's, again, that's all very bullish for equity prices. That's one of our big uh, base cases for a melt-up move higher. But we are big believers in two primary things, move markets, because these are the two primary things that move markets. And they are liquidity and corporate earnings. Uh, We know the liquidity side of the the equation, right? Never been more. There's more on the way. We've still got $120 billion a month in QE. We're going to have more infrastructure globally, all kinds of funny funny money being being printed and thrown around, which, of course, is why we love gold and copper and silver and miners especially. I'll talk more about that at the end of the podcast here today. But the other is, of course, corporate earnings. And, folks, this is why the Goldilocks scenario feels so good to us right now because we are now in the final week of May. Why does that matter? Because uh, one of the best times to be an investor is at the very end of a month, beginning of a new month. These are when all the new equity inflows come in, right? Retirements, uh, pensions, all this new money being thrown into the markets. This is, this is when you want to be in the market. The last week of a month – first couple, three days of a new month. And that's just, uh, it's not just, you know, uh, historically accurate. It's, it's, it makes common sense, right? I like that combination of, of common sense and historical accuracy. Makes it easier for a simple Texan like me to, to make, make, make sense of these markets. But the other thing that's going to happen here, in addition to all the money coming in, folks, have you seen, uh, Tyler and I were talking about this yesterday, the amount of money now that has been ramped up into these share repurchase programs is just astonishing. It's it, it, forever, because of coronavirus, corporations had really stopped buying their own shares back. Banks couldn't even, banks weren't allowed to do it, right? That's all that's all gone by the wayside now. Everybody's buying their stock back because why wouldn't they? They're flush with cash. There's no other place to put it. Yeah, buy your stock back, increase your earnings, right? Increase your CEO pay. All those reasons that we that, that people hate buybacks for so long are happening again now. But the other thing that's happening now, folks, remember, we're going into June. June, the, the last month of second quarter. Why does that matter? Well, we've already seen how first quarter earnings destroyed first quarter earnings of last year, right? Wait till you see what's about to happen for Q2. Because the second quarter of 2020 was when uh, earnings were destroyed. Well, this time, you're going to see the best earnings beats ever on record in the second quarter. So this is what, that when, I, when we talk about Goldilocks, this is why that's the case, right? Everything is really lined up perfectly. I hate to even say that without knocking on wood because, you know, you never want to, that's just not the way the markets work, you know, uh, but, but, but here's the key. If everybody felt like me and like Tyler and probably like a lot of you listening today, I'd be concerned, but we're not. The fear and greed index yesterday hit 33. 33! We're 3% away from all-time highs. That's even in NASDAQ, right? Maybe 4%. Less than that, Dow Jones and SP 500. It's crazy. And the fear and greed index is in fear territory. 
we're seeing across the board in a lot of sentiment surveys, of course, we know from when we had our capitulation of about, what was that, nine trading days ago, um, everybody had sold tech, right? Hedge funds were not only had sold tech, they were short, aggressively short tech. So this is when, again, the shorts are in there now, right? People have sold tech. They've got to come back and buy it. Tech is leading again. All right, let's talk about the markets. Uh, thank you for allowing me to get some of those things off my chest today. As you can tell, we're pretty. I'm very excited about this market right now. I think we're 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 getting ready to see a really interesting move higher. Remember, our target is seventy five thousand. The Dow by twenty twenty five. So uh, we're very bullish. Dow Jones today up 10 points at 34,323. That was our loser on the day. Uh, winner was Russell 2000. What a day today. Up almost 2% today. R2K needs to get going. That's a great sign for the domestic economy. And, of course, lower rates are going to help as well. But really, it's a sign that the U.S. economy is great. The Russell 2000 knows what's about to happen. Uh, earnings are about to destroy. Uh, and good to see it get reengaged. It had been, really been underperforming. That's good to see. Want to see it continue. NASDAQ today came in second, up six tenths of 1%, up 80 points. Again, NASDAQ has been leading from the lows, which you want to see. Had the little mini panic shakeout. Got a lot of people bearish. Perfect setup for, for tech bulls, growth bulls. NASDAQ up 80 points today at 13,738. S&P 500 up two-tenths of 1% today at 4,195. The VIX now down to 17.36, down 7% today. Still so elevated. Tyler, again, talked about it yesterday. So elevated. The VIX, before this bull market, before the Dow Jones hits, I don't know, let's call it 40,000. I think when the Dow Jones finally crosses 40,000, which is, what is that, 5,700 points away now. When the Dow Jones crosses 40,000, the VIX will likely be still in the 12 to 13 range. It's probably going to take a move to 45,000 in the Dow Jones to get the VIX, to get the VIX down below 10 again, which is where it's been for you know, before coronavirus insanity, which is where it stayed for a long time, 9, 10, 11 range. So that just tells you there's still a lot of fear in this market. Again, we see it in the sentiment indicators too, don't we? Um, okay, uh, let's take a look at our um, sec. Oh, oh, I want to talk about internals today. This is important. Um, really good day today in the internals. This is what we've been missing. Now, one day does not a market make. We need to see, we need to see tomorrow, right? Have this kind of this is Memorial Day week. Week, so this is te- uh, seasonally speaking a very good time to own stocks. And again, going into Q two, you know all the reasons we just talked about. But great internals today. Nasdaq advanced decline three to one positive. Booyah, right? Uh, advanced decline, NYSE, better than two to one positives. That, this, this is a great day. But look at volume. Okay, volume. Now, about three hours ago, NASDAQ and, and NYSE volume were both over 80% up volume. Okay, it didn't finish quite there, but these readings are good. NYSE, 78% up volume. NASDAQ, 76% up volume. Look, technicians, these guys that track this really like to see back-to-back days of 80% plus. So we're not going to get that. If they get, you get one day of 90% of volume, that's a new buy signal. That's how these thrust buy signals work. So we're not going to have that. But if we can have another day tomorrow of, say, 75% plus of volume, well, that's a really good sign. And, again, great day-to-day all the way around. New 52 highs and lows, which have continued to crush today. Uh, 250-ish, 255 stocks. 
hitting 52 highs to only about 46, excuse me, 65, hitting new 52-week lows. Very good today, day-to-day in the internals. That's the under the hood. We care a lot about that here for directional, short-term directional moves. And uh, longer term, they're at all-time highs, so it's very good. Same thing's happening in Europe, by the way. Uh, again, Tyler's been covering the foreign markets a lot because they're hitting all-time highs as well. So this is, the, this is, this is that, that rising tide lists all boats, right? We're seeing it happen right now. As much as I hate China, it's probably a goodbye as well. Uh, in our sector watch today, <clears throat> we had of our 11 S&P 500 sectors, we had, was it, seven finished higher, four finished lower, really nothing on the downside uh, to speak of. Energy today up nine-tenths of one percent. Consumer discretionary up nine-tenths of one percent. The rest is off around uh, four or five tenths of percent. Again, solid day today. In our commodity watch today, gold today uh, kind of quiet, down a buck, eighteen ninety six. Again, it finally getting it back above nineteen hundred dollars an ounce. We love precious metals and miners here. They are short term overbought, just a little bit. Gold is gold is gold's extreme overbought. We'd like to see some consolidation here. Frankly, I'm not sure we're going to get it. This is a great scenario for precious metals and miners. Not only do we have a weaker dollar, right, but we have negative real rates that are only becoming more and more negative. You determine a negative uh, rates, or excuse me, the, the real interest rate by taking the 10-year uh, yield and uh, minus from that the rate of inflation. Now, the CPI, will call it 2% inflation. We all know, of course, it's much higher than that. But even using that, with a 10-year of 1.5%, you can see we, we definitely have real rates that are negative. They're probably really negative, and they're only going to become more so as rates continue to come down. And inflation is going to continue to be stubborn, uh, even if most of it is transitory. We, we know the reality about inflation. It, the, the CPI numbers, they've always been baked. They've always been baked. They're, they're cooked. The, book, the books are cooked. And uh, all it takes is common sense to, to know that. But, uh, you know, look. This is a great setup for precious metals and miners. Again, weaker dollar. Uh, this group's ready to go, we believe. Gold today, again, a little soft, 18.96 an ounce. Silver today, also a little soft, down 29 cents an ounce at 27.77. Uh, copper today, up one cent a pound at 4.51. You know how much we love copper and that story. The electrification of the world. Copper goes in everything, as does silver. Oil today, up 11 cents a barrel at 66.18. Again, another U.S. dollar-based commodity that's going to go higher uh, as the dollar goes lower and supply and demand is completely getting out of whack there. Strong, strong global economy, folks. Bitcoin uh, recovering up $1,100 right now at 38738 Folks, as always, appreciate you joining us. Uh, have, hope you have a great night and make sure you join us tomorrow. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.